Welcome to the Self-Care with Marissa Rader podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, and I am a certified life coach and self-care expert. I'm making it my mission to help busy women build a self-care-centered lifestyle because self-care is so much more than just pampering yourself. Society leads us to believe that basic rights like taking a warm bath or having our hair done is self-care, but I'm here to change that narrative. I'm going to teach you how I went from overwhelmed, stressed to the max, and burned out on life to thriving and loving the life I'm building, and it all started with making a commitment to myself. So what do you say? Are you ready to commit to your own personal development journey? Let me lead you to the path of happiness and contentment. That's right, the one that leads you to a life you truly love. Let's get started. All right, I have, I know I say this every week, but I kid you not, I have the best guest for you guys today. Her name is Stephanie, and we just happen to find each other through our online business platforms, and we were it was just amazing. She's an amazing person. She's an inspiration and she will teach you how to live your best life. She even has a book titled that. So before I talk anymore, I'm going to let Stephanie kind of introduce herself to you guys because it is time for you to all know her. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to be on this show. You are so funny and fun And the first time I ever met you, we were on a conference call. It was kind of this mastermind mompreneur group. And I was taking notes from you on self-care. And we were talking about like, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a mom and, and I'm doing a podcast and I'm in my closet with a bunch of ski jackets. And you're like, I'm in Iowa on a farm and you're like looking out the window and there's like baby calves out there. And I was like, oh, wow. I mean, if you want to do something in life, girl, you know, you can write your own story. You can be from anywhere. You can Google anything. I'm on YouTube all the time going how to do this. And um, sometimes I think Google it or YouTube at some point is going to be like, girl, um, we're going to start charging you for just being dumb. (laughs) So my name is Stephanie Pledka. I'm author of Living Your Best Life. And that does not mean a certain age or weight or attitude or that your kids are perfect, you know, in this little matching outfits headed down to the beaches, you know, of Florida. It does not mean that at all. What it does mean, living your best life is being true to yourself, like without the expectations of others and without fear and self-doubt, just to be the person that God created you to be yourself. And isn't that the hardest to be is just yourself. There's just, I mean, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel that way, Marissa? All the time, all the time. There are still moments in time where I'm like, who am I again? What, what do I stand for? What are (laughs) those core values that I have? Oh yeah. Okay, good. We can move on now, but yeah, there's always days of doubt and, and things for, for all of us. But like you said, it doesn't, your perfect life or your best life doesn't necessarily mean that you have all the money in the world and you're jetting around on your private jet or have a huge yacht in the ocean that you go to all these islands on. Like that's not what living your best life looks like. And, and it's for anybody. And like you said, there's no age, there's no, there's no qualifications for it. It's just being you. (laughs) 
Yeah. Someone said the other day, like, oh, you have a podcast. You've made it. And I thought, you know, okay, I was just wiping a kid's butt the other day. You know, I mean, have, have, what does made it mean, right? There's right. no there's no flag that says like, you made it. You, you, you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to do anything else anymore. Like you're just done. I mean, there is life is not perfect. It's just maintenance, right? There's always dishes to wash and hair to cut and a, a, a lawn to mow. I mean, my pool table, I'm like, when's the last time we played on that pool table? Because it's got my four teenagers clothes just piled high, you know, and they just come down and get like their Jersey or their cross country. And I'm like, grab your pile of clothes. But life is never going to be perfect. Perfect is a lie because I don't know about you, but I mean, life is messy, but there's a, there's a masterpiece in the mess. If we look for it, we can find it. I know for me, I love a good, can of Pringles, like the sour cream and onion, like the green can. And for me, I, my complaints are like those chips. I can't just eat one. It's so much easier to complain than to just think positive or see the goodness in the hard places. And I'll eat a stack at a time, you know, like you can't just eat one chip. You need to eat like five or six. And, um, for me, I was sitting on the end of my bed in tears and I had this corporate job and I thought, how did I get here? You know, I got married. I had four kids under seven years old. They are running around and there's, it's just a Cheerio filled chicken nugget eating minivan riding kind of life. And I just thought, how did I get here? I'm trying to convince a kid under two foot three to eat green beans And my husband's like, you should write, you know, you should write and talk about things that other people don't talk about, like anxiety and stress and postpartum depression. Let's just talk about it and lay it on the table. And I began to write for the town paper in Atlanta. And I began to talk about different ages and stages of chore charts and responsibility. And I don't know. I just believe that as women, we are so much better together. If we can see that life is a mess, it's not perfect, but it's just maintenance. Yes. Happiness is not a destination. It's not like you wake up one day and you hit happy. Awesome. This is how the rest of life is going to (laughs) go. It's waking up and choosing that day after day after day. And it when you were describing sitting on the end of your bed and asking the question, like, how did I get here? That reminds me of like a movie script. You know what I mean? Where like the mom wakes up and then how did I get here? (laughs) How did my life turn to this? You know, and being a mom is the best thing. It really is the best thing, but it's okay to have those days where you wake up and you're like, what was I thinking? four kids, three kids. Like, what was I thinking? (laughs) And then they do something hilarious and cute. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember why now, but it's okay to have those thoughts. (laughs) I think too, if we look at the, we're in the, the long game here. If we look at it and see that every time I make a decision in my life, if I wake up early and I set the tone for the day, if when the kids do something dumb, I offer them grace we are in the end game here to create deep rooted relationships with our kids to create legacies. And so when we're on the floor with our kids and we're thinking, Oh, we're playing Legos and this just feels like a waste of time. I could be doing this or that, or my to-do list is so long. It becomes 
um, my boss, this to-do list. And life oftentimes should be more about the being than the doing. You know, when that kid comes home from school and he's had a hard day and he lashes out at us, instead we give him a hug or a cookie and say, I'm here for you. So life is about the being. It's not about just the washing and the, the, you know, the Cheerios and the, all the things on our to-do list. It's about just being there for our kids. And sometimes that's being there for our, our family or our neighbor or that kid that's getting ready to leave to go to college. It's just laying on the floor. So if we can see it as that, that we're in the long game and not trying to hurry through life like it's a sprint, then I th- life is so much happier. Absolutely. You're probably going to figure this out now, but I watch a lot of movies. Like that is something that my husband and I enjoy. And every time I find myself wishing away like a mundane task or a period of time, all I can think of is the movie Click, where all of a sudden he is old and dying on the sidewalk in the rain. And he hasn't seen his kids in years because he's fast forwarded through all of the the boring day-to-day life stuff. And all of a sudden he doesn't remember any of his life. He didn't, he didn't actually live it. He fast forwarded through the whole entire thing. And I ball like a baby every time I see it, even though, you know, yes, it's supposed to be touching, but I ball like a baby because I think that like, I catch myself thinking that sometimes, like if we can just survive these toddler years, we'll be great. Or I can't wait until I don't find Cheerios in the back of the suburban anymore. (laughs) But if we wish away all of those everyday moments, then what's left to make up our our great lives, our legacies, like you said. So often we talk about like that generational um, legacy that we want to leave or we're breaking those generational issues that are, you know, families have, you know, the cycle of abuse or of narcissism and you're going to be the one that ends it. But how many times do we talk about being that person that just continues raising really great grounded kids who have the potential to change the world. Like that's what everybody really wants, but how, how often do we get caught up in ourselves and, and forget that it is those everyday moments that build that in our kids. It's true. It's the everyday moments. And there's one, there's some, there's a couple of things I do to kind of create or protect the Island of our family because there's a lot of outside forces that are trying to pull us in different directions. And one is just to remember to say no. And I want you guys to hear me here. It's like, okay, I've heard that. That's nothing new, but you know, you have to, people will follow it up with, you know, like, well, if you give an excuse for saying no, they'll be like, oh, well, this is how we can go around that. But with a smile, just say no, because when you do that, you are allowing more time with your, your family. And oftentimes we say, yes, it's like my gut, my intuition says no, but my mouth says yes. And the next thing I know, I am headed to somewhere that I don't even want to go and I'm not giving my best. Yes. And they're not getting the best me. And I just, I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm I'm heading there and I don't want to do it. And I'm not going to give my best. And so if I give my best, no, then I'm staying home with my kids and I'm hanging out with them. I'm doing myself. And some people go, well, I don't want to say no. How do you say no? Well, often for me, I say, oh, thank you for thinking of me, but I won't be able to do it at this time. Or, oh gosh, I hate to miss out on the fun, you know, 
but I've got something else going on. So I just kind of just say my no, but the second one would be to establish boundaries. Now there is one of my favorite books and uh, it's by Henry Cloud and it's called Boundaries. And when we define when a boundary is meant to be public, you can't hide a boundary because people need to know what the boundary is. Right. And a boundary is like a, a parameter that you set in place, almost like when a puppy dog is learning uh, where he can go in and outside of your yard. Um, you've got those little red flags up that say like, oh, this is where I can't go out, right? And this is a boundary. And it's like a property line that tells me if I am, you know, a trespasser. And if somebody trespasses that, then you can say, hey, I know you didn't mean to do this. This is how it hurt me. And, you know, then they'll be like, if a good friend, if they're a good friend, they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that. And they won't do it again. But if they're not, then they might have to go and play in another playground. So those are a couple of things I would do is number one, to establish boundaries. And number two, say no to correct, to protect that parameter of your family, that island, because you're on a bigger mission here. You're on a mission, you know, to love and take care of your family. And those things that are on the outskirts of life, they just are uh, trying to sabotage it. Yes. Oh, I couldn't agree with that more. And I love that you refer to your family as like your, your family unit, your family Island, and that you, you do have to set those boundaries for that because it's really easy. And you have four teenagers. It's really easy to say, yep, do the cross country. Yep. Do the volleyball. Yep. Sing in the choir. Yep. Go ahead and do this. And then before you know it, four years have gone by and you don't even know your teenager anymore because they've spent more time out of the house doing activities than they have being a part of the family unit. And I think that in our society, that's, that's something you have to have those boundaries and you have to be able to protect that. Like you were saying, I think that's so important. Yeah. We even have meetings on Sunday night just to say who is responsible for what, because how many times have moms in America had to skid into CVS at 8 PM, you know, 7:59 is it's closing to get that poster board paper. Right. So we have Sunday night meetings to say who's responsible for what, who's taking the car. You know, we want to go to that cross country meet and we go as a family and we're going to celebrate you. And we want to know when it's going to be and where it's going to be. So we set ourselves up for success. I believe when we're like this, this is, you know, we're on a little rotation of who washes dishes every day, who washes laundry every day. So it's just a more well-run family. So Sunday night meetings, I believe, really set us up for success as well. Absolutely. We're not to that point yet because our kids are so young, but we do do Sunday night movie night and we have popcorn and we do like basically adult Lunchables down in the basement. You know, we have crackers and cheese and ham and all the things. And we do that with our kids because we want that to be a a memory that they have. And we talk with my parents that that's what we used to do during the Minnesota Vikings game. We would have our little um, charcuterie, charcuterie, charcuterie boards. Yeah, that, (laughs) you know, before they were even cool. That's what we were doing on Sunday afternoons as a family. And my husband remembers having popcorn night every Sunday night at their house growing up. And so we've been able to combine these two and, and continue that legacy because that was important to both of us and, and our childhoods. And so I think that that's great that you guys 
that you guys do that. We've actually started a calendar, an online calendar where I put every meeting I have, every podcast interview, all my coaching clients, not their names, but their, you know, like that I have a meeting at this time. So he knows exactly. And he can expect what the week's going to look like. And then when he has things on the farm that he can't miss, like loading hogs or cattle and stuff like foreign language to most people listening. But when he has to do those things, then I know not to schedule anything during that time because he's not going to be here to help. (laughs) And it does. It just makes our family run smoother. And a lot of people think like, I don't want to be rigid. I don't want to be on such a tight schedule. Like I don't need to live my life that way. But honestly, the amount of stress that it lessens is unremarkable. I love how you incorporate tradition because that's consistency. People know what to expect. And it's something, a memory that everybody looks back on later and is like, oh, we used to do that all the time. It was so much fun. It's something to wrap your your head around, your memories, your family. And um, I love the fact that you said that you set up a calendar. You know, I just want to talk to moms out there today and just remind them that this is not going to work all the time. You're going to have seasons of life where you're going to have to adjust something or what worked before doesn't work now. But remember that your life is custom. You know, you get to write your story. Don't look to the left or the right and compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to, you know, Marissa here, who's, you know, it looks like maybe she's got it all together, but none of us do. We just are doing our best. We're trying to stay on the right side of the masterpiece instead of always being the mess. So just remember that, that um, be true to yourself. Oscar Wilde once said, um, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that quote. And I feel like I need to follow that up with saying that this morning, my morning routine did not go as planned. I did lay in bed a little extra, even though I've been trying really hard not to do that. And guess what? Today was one of those days where I was yelling at my kids, get in the car. (laughs) So I, yes, I can give you all the answers, but that doesn't mean the follow through is always there, even for myself. And I love how authentic you are because it's very relatable. We're, we're all just doing our best. That's, that's, that's all we can do is just, you know, incorporate some routines and um, just remember that life is not perfect. It's just maintenance. Absolutely. So I have another question for you. I don't even know if I've asked you a question. We just, we create such good conversation. At least I think so. I haven't even really gotten to ask you questions, but you talked about that moment where you started writing for the paper because your husband had kind of said, why don't, why don't you talk about the things that nobody else talks about, but how have you had the courage to keep chasing your passions? Obviously, you no longer write for the paper in Atlanta because you don't you don't even live in Atlanta anymore. You're doing a radio show. You have a podcast. You've written a book now. Like those are scary things for most people. I mean, I think for pretty much anybody. So how do you keep showing up for yourself and and doing these crazy things in the name of following your passion and being happy? Because I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the mom out there that I used to be. And that that's where I could cry because I think about the mom. If I quit doing this, then I'm quitting them and I'm either serving them or I'm not. And I was that mom. And I wish 
someone had have been like, and, and actually in the book, there was, there was a teacher. I was coming in hot to carpool. I was just trying to sell my own video production company just to stay at home with, you know, my four kids. And this teacher called me and she's like, I said, is everything okay? And she said, oh, everything's fine. I'm worried about you. And I thought someone, you know, really cared enough to worry about me. And she's like, I just want, I want to help you. I want to help you kind of get your routine together and get your, you know, I want to be that mentor to you. And she was, I mean, it's kind of scary, isn't it? For someone to kind of reach out and that's kind of, you know, risky. And she was that person for me. And I don't even remember her name. It was so, you know, it was so long ago and I need to find out who it was, but I want to serve that mom and I want to be a blessing to her. And so that's why I never stop. Even when I'm in the cul-de-sac sometimes crying over like how to get my book published or how to do a podcast. I don't know, but you know what? Google it. It's free, (laughs) but it's all about who you will serve or you won't by moving forward or not. Absolutely. And, and knowing your priorities, you knew what your priority was. You wanted to help those moms that were just like you, just like me. I want to empower women who were in that, that was, that are in that same space that we were. How did I get here? And where do I go from here? And I want to be able to help them do that. And you are such an amazing testament of, of helping that mom. Like I, I'm sure that if we knew every life that you had touched since someone stepped up and you've paid it forward a hundred times, a thousand times, maybe even a million times. I don't know yet, but (laughs) I just love your mission. I love what you, what you're doing for moms because it's important and they need to know they're not alone in this, in this journey, because that's all life is, is a journey. And everybody's just trying to do their best and, and show up for themselves and for their families. And you help them do that in such an amazing way. Well, I appreciate those words. I really do. And I feel the same about you. I take notes and I I watch what you, your videos and everyone else should do that too on is it nourishment Haven and uh, you and Jordan, y'all are amazing with between the self um, self care and nutrition. And I just think that we're better together as women, you know, let's just encourage each other and you know, what is life without community and connection, right? Absolutely. Because I can tell you when I was the mom who was Googling the rehabs, I've told my audience this story before, like, where do pregnant moms go when they just need a break for just a little bit, (laughs) like just a smidgen. (laughs) But I would have been insanely jealous of anybody else that was doing what you're doing, because I couldn't do it for myself, you know, and So being able to open the community up to women, I mean, essentially you and I do the same thing for women and we are amazing friends who fully support each other because our mission's the same and we are not competing in any of this. And that's what I want other women to see because everything seems like such a competition as a woman. I remember like looking at the mom and the you know, the daycare drop-off and being like, oh, she's got it all together. Like, and here I am rolling into school two minutes to eight, throwing my kids in the daycare door and running down the hallway to be to school by my contract time, you know, and like just miserable with myself because I was constantly comparing myself to other women. And I love that you teach them to 
to just accept their community and and be true to themselves because that's really what matters. So thank you. And for that sharing. is what living your best life is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. So tell my friends where they can find you because they're going to want to read your book now. I know it. And they're going to want to come find you on Instagram. Well, I wrote a book, Living Your Best Life. You can get it on Amazon or where all books are sold. You can go to any social media. I'm at Stephanie Pletka. My website is stephaniepletka.com and my podcast is Motherhood Mindset. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for being here today with us. You, We are blessed to have you. Ah, I just love your face. No one else gets to see your face, but I am getting to see your face and it's glorious. But until next week, go check out Stephanie and all of the amazing resources she has for you because she's a wealth of knowledge. And let me tell you, she keeps it real. And that's the best part. So until next week, we will have another interview coming your way and I will be here cheering you on. That's it for this week's episode of Self-Care with Marissa Rader. Thank you for joining me. And listen, if you enjoyed it and think your BFF or any other woman you know might benefit from it, send them a link. Share this episode or screenshot it and share it on Instagram and tag me at marissa.rader. And hey, if you haven't already, come hang out with me on the gram where I share all things building a life you truly love in order to help you be the best version of yourself. Until next week, I will be here cheering you on.